How many players in Division One college football do you think are in the transfer portal right now? No clue. I would just Probably say maybe about six, six, seven hundred. Eight eighty. Eight eighty. Jesus. I My first guess was it was going to be nine hundred, and I was like, "That's too high." And that's only you know, like all the teams that we like watch. If you go down to Division Two, II, Division Two is at like fourteen hundred. And there's like 650 from Division Three right now. That's fucking crazy. You figure 130 teams, at least five per team, yep. that gets you to 600 right there. It's crazy. It's 880 we're at right now. <laughs> I'd be curious to see somebody break down the numbers on like who's moving up. Versus who's like a lateral move or who's moving down. I think that'd be interesting. There's a good uh, page on Twitter that I've been following that just shows all the transfer portal stuff, just like as it happens. And I'll send you guys an article just to follow it. There's like 25 updates a day. There's like, in fact, I was watching it earlier today and the O-lineman from Marist entered the transfer portal and ended up at like, like Eastern Illinois or something like that. So that's Perfect. the kind of information you need. So 5'11", 235. Yes. Number, like, he's huge for Maris football. It's massive. The quarterback from UConn uh, transferred to Merrimack today. So that shows you just oh, good. how good UConn football. So this is why you, this is why you need to follow this page. Cause you'll be, it's, it's endless comedy. Every day you're like, oh my God. All right, let's kick it off from there. Uh, w- welcome, folks, to uh, the Take the Points College Football Podcast. We are here for part two of our college bowl game spectacular. Last week we did a pretty extensive part one. We covered about 20 games. We're going to do a part three next Thursday. I believe that's December 30th, and that's when we'll cover the playoffs and the New Year's Day games. And uh, today will be part two. It'll be a little bit shorter and we'll cover everything in between. So the game's starting on December 29th, where we left off last week and going through the December 31st games, not counting the playoff. So about 11 games in total. And uh, we are going to get right into it. We don't really have any other stuff to discuss. We'll talk about some off field things at the end of the show, but we're skipping the segments and we're going right to the games. We're keeping it short. And we'll be back next Thursday, as I said, with a very robust show, all your favorite segments. So kick it over to my co-host, Dan Partridge, out in Arizona. Uh, fired up, Dan. Where did we leave off? Uh, thanks, Tom. We made it through Tuesday, December 28th, last podcast. We're going to pick it up on Wednesday, the 29th. Right off the bat, we got the Wasabi Fenway Bowl from Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. When you think about Boston and food, you want to think about wasabi, clearly. Yeah, um, also, Dan, nothing says nothing says hot, spicy, like a 20-degree bowl game December 29th in Boston. Correct. It's going to be terrible. Uh, that is an 11 a.m. East Coast start, 9 a.m. here in Arizona, 8 a.m. if you're in California, uh, How many signs are there for this game that we don't care? It's many, na- it's named um, after Wasabi. It's the first game ever at Fenway. Just test it out. 11 a.m. start time. This is like they could not be throwing up more red flags at you. 
It's really bad. Um, Virginia minus two and a half over SMU. Total seventy one and a half. SMU will be playing without about six or seven um, of their coaches who have all moved on to different jobs. They'll also be missing two of their top three wide receivers. Uh, Virginia rallied to a six and six season, all offense, no defense. Um, yeah, we'll see how that all goes. Um, well, right off the bat, uh, I think the total is too high in this game, 71 and a half for an 11 a.m. start in Boston where it might be snowy and cold for a team from, uh, like, you know, Texas. And then Virginia is a little bit warmer as well. I like Virginia to win um, with all the coach opt-outs for SMU. Plus, I like their quarterback, Brendan Rodgers. I like what I saw of him this year. Um, and I think this is a game where SMU just might not care at all um, being on the road without any of their coaches. So no clue, but leading Virginia and the under Tom, what do you think? I agree a hundred percent with everything you said. And the one thing I would add is that uh, Bronco Mendenhall has, you know, retired and he will be coaching in this. It's, it's his send off game. Unlike other coaches, he's not being fired or leaving for a better job. So I do feel like there's a sort of win one for the Gipper type atmosphere around this. Mm-hmm. It's correct. Ryan. Nope. Screw your Gipper. There's a rule when it comes to bowl games that are coin flips. And that rule is geography. One team is from Texas, full of Texas recruits. The other team was coached by the former BYU guy. All right. So that's, that's red flag one. And then you got like, this is so perfect for Fenway. You got Virginia who lost their last four straight games against SMU, who lost four of their last five. So two teams that started hot, had some aspirations, and then kind of just crumbled at the end of the year. So there's no momentum for either team. I'm just going to go with pure talent (laughs) in Texas wins. So I'm going SMU, give me the points. Fair enough. Um, I would like to add that on Tuesday night, the last games, West Virginia, Minnesota played at Chase Field, Diamondback Stadium. Then we go to Fenway Park Wednesday morning for the early game. Now game two on Wednesday is the New Era Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. That's three consecutive bowl games in baseball stadiums, which is way too many. Uh, Maryland taking on Virginia Tech. Maryland minus three and a half, total 55. This is ACC territory, Tom. Go right ahead. Not just ACC territory, but you're talking to a two-time Pinstripe Bowl attendee. <laughs> that's, that's right. Once wasn't enough for me, Dan. Um, okay. The Pinstripe Bowl, Virginia Tech, Maryland. Last week, I came on and I did part one of our bowl preview, and I said that I'm looking at opt-outs and coaching, and I'm picking... And that's how I'm going to pick it. And I don't care if it seems like a mismatch, if teams are missing coaches and players, et cetera, I'm not picking them. And by that logic, in the pool I handed in, officially I did, I picked Maryland to win this game outright. The strategy has so far failed miserably. I'm doing very, very poorly, and I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong, and I'm changing my tactics starting immediately in terms of gambling. Virginia Tech was a better team all year. 
They're missing a bunch of players. They don't have a coach, but I'm still picking them. Maryland is not good. They haven't been good all year. I don't know how they got to six wins. I'm going to pick a depleted Virginia Tech team. I'm going to go against myself from a week ago, and uh, I'm going to say Virginia Tech ekes it out. Ryan, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Maryland on this um, because of Tom's theory, original theory. Um, I just think Maryland's trying to build some momentum with little Tua, trying to get some things going into the new year, trying to get the recruiting class picked up a little bit as a uh, big 10 team. So, and this is a pretty, you know, regional battle with Virginia tech and Maryland. They probably go after a lot of the same recruits in that area. So I think Maryland's going to have a little bit more motivation. And so I'm going to take Maryland. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought last week. I am a little nervous about the half, the three and a half. I'd rather have them at minus three, but you know, if you want to buy the half point, buy the half point. All right. I'm taking Vatek. Uh, we have ourselves a, a quarterback issue. This, this kind of feels like a Michael Vick, Marcus Vick situation, which is appropriate because we're playing against Vatek. Um, little Tua sucks. He's not good at all. And I have a, a, a big problem with him playing in the cold weather. His noodle arm will not be able to throw it anywhere like Vatek in the three and a half. That's it. Okay. Moving on. The Cheez-It Bowl at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Clemson first Iowa State, right where both of these teams hope they'd be at the end of the year. Clemson minus one, total 44. Uh, like I said, both teams had uh, playoff aspirations. If not, uh, New Year's Six was like a backup plan. Turns out they went 16 and eight combined. Um, Clemson missing their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. And we'll have a couple more opt-outs. Iowa State's whole team's plan. Um, I'll take this one. As much as it sucks, uh, I think I'm going to take Iowa State in this game just because they actually probably will try in this game. Um, Clemson's been playing in big-time college bowl games for like the last 10 years straight, playoff games, national championships, and this year just hasn't worked out well. They're missing too many coaches. They don't have enough explosion on offense. I feel like Iowa State's going to claw and find a way to win this game. Um, The total is only 44. And I'm going to lead in over as well, but I don't like it. I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson scores twice on defense and wins this game, but I'll take Iowa State and I don't love it. Ryan, what do you think? Um, I'm going to have to agree, actually. Um, I just think, like you said, the motivation factor is the biggest key. Um, I think for Iowa State, the fact that Matt Campbell didn't leave is like this, like the biggest win of their season because they didn't beat any good teams. But keeping Matt Campbell, I think, was a huge win. And um, like you said, there's a chance for for Hall and Purdy and all those guys to go out, um, you know, on top and, and put some one more, you know, good game film out there before the draft. Agreed. So I got, I got some bad news for you guys. It's I wouldn't call it breaking news, but it's pretty recent news, which is that Brees Hall is going to um, – 
forego his eligibility, go to the NFL and skip this game. I believe, right? So if, if, if that's true, then just take Clemson to win 16, 13. Yeah. So I, I think, um, or, or, well, this is something we have to look at. So I, I'd watch, but he's, go, he's going to the NFL and I think, I guess maybe it's not official that he's sitting this out yet, but it seems probable. I don't, I don't expect Hall to play in this game. Clemson also hasn't really had any opt-outs, but I would expect a couple. Their cornerback, Andrew Booth, is a possible first-rounder, and um, he's probably going to sit out. But um, the Brees Hall one's a killer, and that's why I'm going to pick Clemson in a low-scoring defensive game. And uh, this is going to be one of those games, like you said, Dan, if you had told me this was the matchup at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, oh, that's a – yeah, that's a great playoff game or it's a great, you know, New Year's six. Oh, they both, they both finished 10 and two and just missed the playoff. Um, but instead we're the cheese it bowl in Orlando, Florida. Wasn't the cheese it bowl out in Arizona? Yes. It used to be a chase field, the baseball stadium. So anyway, yeah, I, I gotta go Clemson under duress and, uh, it's mostly because Brees Hall is not playing. Um, that is true. He's not playing. However, his backup was, I think he's going to be pretty good. He was actually, um, higher rated than Brees Hall coming out of high school. And, uh, Brees Hall was his like host when he came on his recruiting trip. And, um, apparently he texted Brees Hall, like before he even told the coaches to say he was going to commit like the next, he's like, I'm going to commit tomorrow but I want you to know first. So they're like super tight. I like that. And the Iowa state quarterbacks, uh, he's an Arizona guy, right? Correct. All right. One of these days we have to do our uh, Scottsdale football podcast and how Arizona football is taking over the country, but we'll save that for another time. Let's, (laughs) let's talk about um, even more opt outs in the next game. (laughs) Great. We got the Valero Alamo bowl. Alamo Dome, San Antonio, Texas. One of our favorite bowl games every year, pitting the Pac-12 against the Big 12. This year, here's another one. Oregon, Oklahoma, both teams, playoff aspirations, New Year's Six aspirations, incorrect, playing on December 29th. Uh, Oklahoma, laying four and a half, total 60 and a half. Neither coach is going to, or neither team's going to have a head coach because they both moved on. Um, go ahead, Z, you can start this one off. Yeah. So you got a uh, big game, Bob Stoops coaching against Joe Moorhead. Um, <laughs> at least, you know, Moorhead's in the program, but you know, Bob Stoops of course is around the program. So I don't know who gets the advantage there. I'm going to pick Oklahoma. I feel like Oregon's so depleted and, you know, recently losing their coach and the way it happened and him taking some of the staff potentially, and they've got a bunch of, um, you know, portal guys. Uh, Oregon had a couple, uh, sorry, Oklahoma had a couple transfer portal guys. Of course, Spencer Rattler, which you guys can talk about if you want, but he didn't even play anyway. And then their tight end. So I feel like they're relatively at full strength, whereas Oregon's going to be without Thibodeau. They're without, you know, Cristobal. I think they're losing a um, right tackle who's going to the NFL. So, I feel like they're losing more at um, vital positions. And I feel like Oklahoma, sorry, the two O teams, it's tripping me up. 
uh, Oklahoma was just a better team. Like if full strength, I would take Oklahoma to win this game. And I feel like they've lost less. And so I'm going to continue to take Oklahoma in this game. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where I might take an over. I don't feel like either team's going to play a lot of defense or try too hard. So this could be one of those like 47, 31 type games. That's what I'm picturing. Ryan. Yeah, Tom, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Um, it's crazy. Like if you had told me before the season that Clemson, Iowa state played in a bowl game, I'm like, Oh, and Oregon, Oklahoma played in a bowl game. If you told me either of those were playoff games, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Actually, I think I picked Clemson, Iowa state in the first round of the playoff in our preseason pod. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we make mistakes, but, um, I yeah, think, I think USC, so don't worry about it. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma is just the better team. I think they're the deeper team, um, especially at the skill positions, which I think like Tommy, you said, this might end up in being a, a shootout. Um, this might actually be a game that has like Oklahoma has a punt return touchdown. Oregon has like a pick six touchdown, like, this could get wildly out of control. So I would tend to lean towards an over two. Uh, I like Oklahoma to blow Oregon out. Oregon fans get your ball of champagne on ice. The Anthony Brown era comes to an end after this game. Thank God him and his 15 passing touchdowns this year over 13 games can get the fuck out of there. Oklahoma actually has a quarterback that cares to start his Heisman campaign for next year on turf against an Oregon defense, missing a couple players. Oregon's not good. They, they, they weren't good this year. I still don't know how they beat Ohio state. That was just a weird game. But besides that, well, they had CJ Verdell and then he got injured. True, It's, it's yeah, a game no changer. Point. Also true. But the point is Anthony Brown's bad. They have no coaching. Uh, Oklahoma will be fine. They have enough skill players. They got multiple good running backs. Caleb Williams, good. They got some wide receivers. Oklahoma by at least 10 points. Lay it all day, every day. Dan, Ryan, you guys are the West Coast guys. You mentioned one era is ending at Oregon with the departure of Anthony Brown. Pretty soon, a new era will be beginning, the Bo Nix era. What are your thoughts on that? Complete wild card. Same freaking guy. (laughs) <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, Bo Nix is up and down. He he has some games where he looks like Johnny Manziel. He's incredible. And some games he looks, well, like Anthony like, Brown. Like Johnny Manziel. Yeah, like Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, that's actually true. It's either A&M Manziel or Cleveland Manziel. Um, who knows? Uh, it's an interesting fit. Um, and then on the other side, you got Spencer Rattler transferring to South Carolina, which means Clemson will have the third best quarterback in the state of South Carolina next year, which I think is unbelievable. You'll have Rattler, you'll have uh, Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, and then Clemson's shitbag quarterback will be the third. Clemson with the worst quarterback in the state. I disagree only because I do not – they're going to pull something. I don't think DJ's starting next year. Not by week four, anyway. As of now – they, they're coming in third in state, which is unbelievable. That's hard to imagine. Um, I, agree. I don't know. I agree. I, I, 
and it, it, it's a weird head coaching hire too. I mean, I, I get it. He's a young defensive coordinator from Georgia. Georgia's defense is incredible, but uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to expect for Oregon football going forward. We'll find out. Going to the all-important Duke's Mayo Bowl at Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina versus South Carolina. You got South Carolina that's absolutely terrible, not good in any phase of the game. First, North Carolina, perennial underachievers, back to six and six where they like to be. Um, and they haven't won a game on the road this year, uh, over outside of home games. Uh, so don't automatically lay the nine and don't necessarily take the nine because it's a, it's a rivalry game either. No clue whatsoever. Tom Z, go right ahead. I mean, I picked UNC to win outright, but there's no way I would lay that amount of points. But as you said, I don't think I'd take that amount of points. I do remember the last time these teams played. It was, I think, a f- the first game of the season, maybe like eight years ago, and it was like an all-time meaningless college football game classic. One of those games that you still remember, yet didn't really have any bearing on the season. And um, I'll I'll take an over in this game. I'll go out on a limb and just hope for like a fun shootout game that ends probably, you know, ends on the last drive. Ryan, I have no feel. Uh, I money line. It's UNC is kind of an easy pick. Lane nine. I have no idea. I mean, SEC talent doesn't typically get blown out by double digits in a bowl game. But this is like barely SEC talent. So, oh, God. I mean, gun to head, I'd probably take UNC, but I don't like it at all. It's so fitting this is a Mayo game. It's so terrible. It's – uh. This is not a good game. This is a uh, early game on the 30th. I'm going to take UNC minus the nine. I don't like it. I don't know why Sam Howell's even playing in this game. Um, the whole thing doesn't make sense. This, this, is, a, this is a weird game. We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, which I don't even want to guess what that's about, uh, at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, as Tennessee takes on Purdue. Tennessee minus four and a half, total 63 and a half. Um, Purdue with a couple opt-outs for their wide receivers. Tennessee, happy to be in a bowl game. Ryan, why don't you start this one? Blowout, Rocky Top. Tennessee football is on its way back. They are the second best team in the SEC East. They're going to go into this bowl game and as a home game, basically, no, there's no protocols in Tennessee. Like we know this is, they're fine. They're going to have a pretty decent crowd. I think Tennessee wins this game and I think they win it pretty convincingly. And I like Purdue a lot, but I think Tennessee is just way too athletic. Uh, I'll jump in. Um, Yeah. So I agree with everything Ryan said and um, Tennessee, I like the way they're headed with Hypel. And I think this is an important bowl game for the sort of state of their program. If they want to keep moving forward and get to where they want to get to, 
And I think they're probably a better team than Purdue regardless. And so I would have picked them to win either way. But with David Bell and um, George Karloftis, the the really good NFL quality defensive end from Purdue, also now opting out, that's your two two all-star players on a team that's not that deep. And so those guys are difference makers. And without them, I just don't see how Purdue can match up. Hendon Hooker coming back next year to Tennessee. So, uh, That's great. Good. I don't know what that means, but, uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, Purdue missing too much on the road home game for Tennessee. It looks like everything's favored for Tennessee to win this game, but I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee fucks it up either, but, um, I don't know. I'm going to lead Tennessee, but I don't love it. All right. We're going to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Atlanta, Georgia. The Chick-fil-A in the stadium will be open because it's a Thursday. Pitt Panthers taking on Michigan State. Michigan State minus two and a half, total 56 and a half. Of course, the big news out of this game, future Super Bowl champion and Hall of Fame quarterback Kenny Pickett will be opting out and not playing in this game. And Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, will also be opting out of this game. Um, Jordan Addison's only a sophomore, which I didn't realize. So he's back next year, which is crazy. And he'll be playing with, with, with Kedon Slovis from USC, which is very strange. Nice job, Nardog, bringing him in. Um, as far as this game goes, I feel like, I feel like everyone expects Michigan State to win now, but something just doesn't feel right. I feel like the pit backup's going to do good for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Michigan State is the worst pass defense I've ever seen. I think Addison's going to be so wide open the entire game, and they won't be able to stop him. I'm picking Pitt to win and Addison to win game MVP. And, uh, yeah, go ahead, Tom. It, this is a big game for you, Pitt and Big Ten all in one. It is a big game. Pickett being out and um, Walker being out really does suck. Like this is the most disappointing bowl game. This would have been so good with everybody. And, you know, usually I'm in favor of the players making their own decision. If they want to opt out, you know, so be it. But in this case, it really does kind of ruin the game. So too bad. Um, I'm with you. Seems like every pit quarterback ends up as a uh, third string NFL quarterback. So they've always got somebody good. And so I bet the backup will be decent, but, you know, throwing him in at this stage of the season with uh, no offensive coordinator who's gone, and it just doesn't seem like a good combo to me. I think it's easier to replace Kenneth Walker with, you know, another probably pretty decent running back, whoever's behind him at Michigan State. Michigan State, other than that, has continuity with coaching and the team. And I like Michigan State to win, but not by a lot. You know, I will. So I believe Pitt's favored in this game, right? I don't know what how the line has shifted in the last few days. It's flipped. It's Michigan State minus two and a half now, but okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, that seems right to me. I think Michigan State wins it by three to four points, and uh, whoever Pitt has, you know, playing now or playing next year, every Pitt quarterback goes on to be a third string NFL quarterback, except for Kenny Pickett, who's going to break the streak and be the lead the Pittsburgh Steelers back to the back to the glory land. By the way, I'll tell you why um, Keaton Slovis went to Pitt, which seems unusual. His girlfriend is on the Pitt soccer team. So, oh, wow. 
So that might be, I'm sure it's coincidental, but yeah, that's a new way to look at recruiting. Maybe, you know, think about who you want to get in the transfer portal and try to bring in their, their significant other the year before. That's an excellent angle, Tom. I like that. Um, All right, moving on. Uh, I'll just say I agree with Dan. And I have a weird feeling with Pitt. And uh, I'm going to take Pitt in this game outright. Yeah. Very strange feeling uh, for this game. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Pitt Panthers. Okay, we're going to the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Sounds like a competitor of McLean Northeast. (laughs) I was just going to say that. (laughs) I don't like it. I think McLean needs to sponsor a bowl game coming up here soon. Yes. Um, this is at the Raiders Stadium in Vegas, Wisconsin, Arizona State, Wisconsin minus six and a half, total 41 and a half. Both teams went eight and four. Both teams underachieved. Wisconsin actually saved some face the second half of the year and looked like a good team again. Um, Arizona State is just perennial underachieving trash at this point. Um, Ryan, why don't you start this one? Okay. Um, so this is the most deceiving bowl game of the entire slate. If you just look at the team's records, you're like, ah, eight and four versus eight and four, two above average, pretty good teams. No, both these teams are terrible. Like neither of these teams are, are any good at all. So they've had some moments they beat up on who they're supposed to beat up on in their conference to get some wins. I just don't believe in either team. Six and a half feels like a lot of points for, for two mediocre teams, but I don't know. This is a weird one. I feel like the Wisconsin players have a really, really high chance of getting the Vegas flu. Whereas ASU players pretty close to Vegas they can get up there anytime they want. They're all Arizona, California, Nevada kids anyways. I don't know if Vegas is going to really like uh, mess them up or anything like that. So I'm probably leaning towards ASU with the points, but I'm still going to go Wisconsin. Z. I think Wisconsin blows them out. Wisconsin has a new running back who only played really the last three or four games of the season. His name's, I think, Braylon Allen. He's been described as little Derrick Henry. He's an absolute beast, and he's the next great Wisconsin running back. Um, You look at what uh, JTT is doing on the Colts, and this guy is, you know, next in line. So I think this is his coming out party, and Arizona State, meanwhile, I think lost their two top running backs to uh, the draft in the portal. So they're going to have no run game. And so I think this will be very, very lopsided by very lopsided. I mean, you know, Wisconsin blowout, which means like 28 to 12. Well said, Tom, Uh, I'm going to take Arizona state just because I I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow beat this bad Wisconsin team, six and a half is a lot. I don't love it. I will mention that preseason Heisman watch candidate Jaden Daniels. Uh, how many passing touchdowns do you think he threw for this year? By the way, he was sixty. He was sixty to one to win, or forty to one to win before the season started. He was like the twelfth or thirteenth highest rated player. Ten passing touchdowns on the year. Started all twelve games in that vicious Pac-12. 
wow, that's bad. That's all I got to say about that. Too bad you can't get rid of them and have one of the like seven QBs from Scottsdale in the transfer portal come in. That's right. Okay, uh, we're kind of moving on to the next game, but but not really. We got the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, TIAA Bankfield, Jacksonville, Florida, Wake Forest against question mark. Texas A&M has pulled out due to not caring about this game. They claim only to have like 26 players available, which is bullshit. You know that there's like 75 players available. I like Ryan's theory about Jimbo not legally being allowed to play the game in Florida which might be true. Um, okay. Do you think this should go to a shitbag team that didn't qualify? Like for instance, like Navy or like fucking Rutgers or something, or do you feel like this should be like coastal Carolina again yes. or Marshall or something like that? Tom? Yes. I do not want Illinois. First of all, they should not be in a bowl game and anyone who didn't get six wins shouldn't be it. And most of them have sent the teams home, so it can't even be done. Illinois is the only one who sort of jumps at that. But yeah, there's two choices, which is uh coastal Carolina plays again or um shit, why am I blanking on the second one? Damn it. We could go with come, like come back uh, to me. But yeah, coastal coastal's the number one choice here. Yeah, there's I mean like you pick like Louisiana, Western Kentucky should be able to play again. Everyone loved to see that. Get them back out there. Yeah, let it let a team play again. Okay. Ryan, thoughts on this? Um who cares? Like yeah. true. I think I think they're gonna I think they're just gonna wait to see if another team bails out and and see if they can make something happen. Like if uh you know, let's say like Iowa gets a COVID situation and they got to bounce out of the uh, Citrus Bowl. Maybe Kentucky plays Wake Forest in the Citrus Bowl instead or something like that. I, I just don't see the point in bringing in some shitbag team that doesn't deserve to be there against Wake, who's good. Like, this isn't like a BS bowl game on the 17th. Like, Wake's a good team and they deserve to have a good opponent. And if they can't, just call it. I'd, I'd watch True. out for that. Um, keep an eye on Penn State versus Arkansas. We've had some issues and a lot of opt-outs in that game. And if something were to happen, that game's already in Florida. It's the day after this. And, uh, you know, if, if one of those teams were to have, like, significant losses, I feel like that's a good time for one of those teams to drop out and the other one to play Wake. Fair enough. I do feel like as like a super rich coach, Jimbo should have to do something instead of coaching in the game. Like he should have to go work at Chick-fil-A for a weekend or something to earn his like his million dollars that he gets paid for this week. Anyhow. Oh, I know who the other team is. If coastal doesn't, uh, Jackson state is it Jackson. Which one's the Dion team, Jackson or Jacksonville. I always get them confused. Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. get them in there. I like that. That's pretty good. Get, did you see Dion driving around on his little like like DMX Rough Riders bike for his broken leg? Imagine he's Wake Forest comes out and then Dion comes out and meets them 
at midfield, Clawson and uh, Dion meet. Dion's on his like rough rider vehicle. And then that's your game. You're right. And then that, that number one recruit who's going to play for Dion, he can be at the game. You know, he can flip the coin or something. Highly entertaining. I love it, Tom. Okay, moving on. Friday, uh, New Year's Eve. We have two more games left to talk about tonight. We have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl uh, in El Paso, Texas, which normally isn't that sunny. I've seen snow there before in years past. Um, this game's going to be wild. Washington State, Miami, straight pick them, total 59. Uh, I'll take this one. Miami without a head coach and some other coordinators. Washington State without their running back, Max uh, Borgie, who's opted out. He's quite good. I don't see anyone playing any defense in this game. I'm worried this game might have 100 points, to be honest with you. Uh, I like the over 59 a lot. For a winner, give me Washington State. Miami's been known to mail in some bowl games. If you remember over the past 10 years or so, there's been like six games where Miami has literally not shown up for any part of the bowl game. Um, I can't think of exact examples on top of my head, but I think they're the number one most notorious mail-in team in bowl season. Without any coaches playing in El Paso, they might not get off the plane. So anyway, I'll take Washington State. Tom, what you think? Very interesting coaching names. Uh, the interim head coach will be for Miami will be the defensive line coach whose name is Jess Simpson. Great. And uh, the interim now permanent head coach at Washington state is Jake Dickert. Dickert was the name of the guy in blade runner, right? I'm what eighties movie had the guy named Dickert. I think you're right. One of them. Anyway, we got Jessica Simpson versus the guy from blade runner. I'm picking Miami just because I think they're a better team and both these teams are pretty depleted, no coaches. And uh, I really like the young Miami quarterback. He's also from my hometown, so I'm a little biased, but I think that's good. Uh, Question for you guys. What will the turnover chain be now that Miami's now that Manny Diaz is at Penn state, me and my brothers were debating. It's like the, the, Peachy Paterno. There's just a ice, the turnover ice cream cone. They all take a lick. <laughs> like, like what will be the Penn state version of the turnover chain? Everyone gets a slice of Altoona pizza. You get one big slice of Altoona pizza. You get to eat in front of everybody else on the sideline. That was my other thought. It's going to be a food thing, right? It's going to be a communal food. Well, Pennsylvania cares about food. I mean, that's, it's literally always what, Yeah. It's going to be a big hoagie or whatever. Yeah, it'll be a hoagie, either a hoagie, um, a sandwich with a gallon of mayonnaise on it, an El Tuna pizza, or a peachy paterno ice cream cone. And you All just you, you get a turnover and you just get one bite. Mm-hmm. Ryan, thoughts on this lovely game? It's pretty much a coin flip. Like we said earlier with that SMU game, Look at the rosters. One team's got a bunch of guys from South Florida. That's the team I'm going to take. I'm going to ride with the U. I think they're super excited about Cristobal. And even though they don't necessarily have him on the sidelines yet, I think that they are really, really excited about him. 
And uh, I think this is a tryout for some, for some guys because they know that he's going to come in and recruit the shit out of that area. And it's a lot of those guys might get replaced with, uh, with incoming recruits. So there's a chance to impress the new coach. Valid point. Okay, last game of the night. We'll save the two semifinal games for next podcast. So th- this game starts at 2 o'clock Eastern. The first semifinal game starts at 3.30 Eastern. So they're going to slide in this one in there for no reason whatsoever. It's the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, live from Tucson, Arizona, home of the Arizona Wildcats. Central Michigan taking on Boise State. We got two things that suck going head-to-head in this game. One, Central Michigan plays for the MAC, and I don't know if you've watched any of the bowl season so far, but the MAC is whack. They are terrible. Every single time they've played, they've looked bad. They haven't covered a game yet. Over four straight up, over four against the spread. Uh, it's looking bad for the MAC. Go against Boise State, who's seven and five. I'm blaming 100% of that on Hank Bachmeyer, who also sucks. He is in the running for the Zach Mills Award. He's gotten worse and worse and worse. He only has 20 touchdown passes in 12 games in the Mountain West Conference, which is a total joke. That being said, Mountain West teams are three and zero at this point in the bowl season. So nice job by. Uh, Mount West squads. Um, God, this game sucks. Uh, I have no clue because the Lions Boise minus eight total 55 and a half, but uh, I'm in operation fade the Mac under all circumstances this year. So I'm going to lay it and also bet the under and not watch a minute of this game. Tom. Yeah, we said it over and over last week, which was fade the Mac. They were not good this year and they've been, you know, we've seen the results of that. I want to see, I want to see or get some kind of news about Bachmeyer. I mean, I, I know he was injured and I want to make sure he's at a hundred percent before I would place any money on this game. Um, or, you know, 80%, whatever, but I like Boise state comfortably. Um, Boise state also has a, uh, safety. He might opt out, but his name's JL Skinner, future NFL pick. Uh, I feel like this guy slipped past our radar. Assistant director Wait. Skinner. Yeah, I was gonna say JL Skinner. Is that AD? I think it's son? A, yeah, I think it's AD Skinner's son, JL Skinner. <laughs> it's up initials Junior only. Lawyer Skinner. Wait, what the hell is it? Would you say L D? What's his what is it? JL. That doesn't even make sense. It's definitely AD Skinner's kid. Yeah, I think JL is like a job title as opposed to a <laughs> initials. Junior Lieutenant Skinner. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Junior Lieutenant Skinner. We're not sure if he's going to play, but if he plays, I think it's a lock. <laughs> there it is. We fit a good X-Files reference in. Got to get, gotta get we, two a year. Minimum. That was too easy. Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. Uh, Boise's the better team. Mountain West undefeated. Mac hasn't won a game. Just got to kind of roll with history here. I like the under in this game, Dan, like you said, uh, Bachmeyer's not scoring a lot of points, but they do control the ball a bit. This has, uh, to me, this has like 23-13 written all over it. So I'm going to go with an under 55 and a half and, uh, and a slight lean to Boise with the eight. I think that's it, Dan, right? 
That is it. We've come to the end of the picks for this segment. We will pick up next week with the semifinal and all the New Year's Day games and even the great Kansas State LSU game on January 4th. I love how they throw that in there. Taking the Arkansas State slot. Yeah, that's the um, the GoDaddy Bulls back under a different name. I know. It was supposed to be Arkansas State against, like, Northern Illinois. That's what it's penciled in every year, but turns out they switched it up on us. Well, they hired Butch. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Right, before, so, so before we go, Ryan, any coaching news this week? It's been a, somewhat slow, but is there anything that caught your eye? No, no, nothing real big just yet. Um, I think what's going to be exciting for me, at least, is is seeing the coordinator movement that's going to start happening now that these coaches are pretty much all you know, established and, and they've gotten through their initial first signing day. And now that they're through first signing day, I think this is now where teams are going to put their staffs together. So I'm really uh, excited to see where some of these, who some of these coaches hire. Dan, anything you're going to be looking forward to the next week, or do you have any sort of um, preemptive thoughts on the playoff without giving away picks? Yeah, it's an interesting playoff. I think, um, I think people assume that each games are going to be not close. And I think we're going to get one for sure close game and maybe two close games out of it. So uh, we'll talk in detail about that next week. We got uh, as of today, as we record uh, JT Daniels in the protocol, also uh, Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien in the protocol shouldn't affect their status for coaching. They should be fine by game time. JT, we don't know. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, I do have a secret theory that uh, JT Daniels is coming off the bench. But that's something we can talk about next week when we come back. So part three of our playoff uh, or our bowl game spectacular, which will focus on the playoff in the January 1st and January 4th games. Uh, We'll record that next Thursday, December 30th. And so that's cutting a little close, but tune in Friday morning before the games and you can listen to our takes on that. Anything else to add, either of you guys? Nope. Enjoy the bowl season. Wager a lot on Memphis against Hawaii. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye. Take the point. 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 Take the point.